0: All right. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 22, we'll continue our series here on using the law lawfully, looking at the Old Testament laws, seeing how they were understood in the Old Testament times, how they should be understood by us as New Testament Gentile believers, and whether they apply to us or not. look at hopefully we'll look at three of them today and none of them are very long but hopefully we'll get through them in time if not we'll save one till next week all right the first one's going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 22 and uh, this is the law regarding returning lost items and helping overburdened animals and it sounds like something really kind of minor that says <laughs> why would god bother with something so petty as that but he did it's got some important points here that we can look at But let's look first at Deuteronomy 22 verses 1 through 3 And we'll read the Old Testament command Thou shalt not see thy brother's ox or his sheep go astray And hide thyself from them Thou shalt in any case bring them again unto thy brother And if thy brother be not nigh unto thee Or if thou know him not Then thou shalt bring it into thine own house, and it shall be with thee until thy brother seek after it, and thou shalt restore it to him again. In like manner shalt thou do with his ass, and so shalt thou do with his raiment, and with all lost thing of thy brothers, which he hath lost, and thou hast found, shalt thou do likewise. Thou mayest not hide thyself. Okay, so here we have a law in the Old Testament uh, saying that any time... You're, you see a brother that has uh, lost an animal or seen an animal or an item that is lost from one of your neighbors, another Jew, just anyone that, that happens to be in the area and you see this this lost item that you have found, you're required to make the effort to get it back to the person it was lost from. If you know who it is, then you take it to them and give it back to them. Uh, if you don't know who it is, then you take the item take it home it's an animal, you care for the animal, it's an item, you, I would imagine, put it somewhere safe, uh, until the owner comes and looks for it. When the (laughs) owner comes and looks for it, you return it to the owner. And so that was the law in the Old Testament uh, regarding things that were lost. Now, it wasn't just for brothers, and as it says here, I should not see that brother's ox, but let's turn to Exodus chapter 23. We see God applied this exact same law to enemies as well. So not just to those that you liked, but to people you don't like. Had to follow this law in both cases. Exodus chapter 23. Verse number four. If thou meet thine enemy's ox or his ass going astray, thou shalt surely bring it back to him again. So again, the enemy's ox or ass going astray, bring it back to him again. So Whether you like the person or not, if you find something that belongs to someone else, your responsibility was to restore it to the owner of that item. So that was the Old Testament command for that part, but let's look back in Deuteronomy 22. Immediately after this section, we have another command given, and we're just combining the two together here. Verse number 4, Deuteronomy 22 and verse number 4. Thou shalt not see thy brother's ass or his ox fall down by the way and hide thyself from them. Thou shalt surely help him to lift them up again. And so here it's talking about a beast of burden that's stumbled and fallen down, or maybe the the weight that it's carrying is too heavy and it's fallen and it's fallen under the weight. Uh, Whatever happens, you're seeing a brother who is in distress because His beast of burden is no longer doing the job that needs to be done. And the command was, you're to go and help him and get his beast of burden back up. It would be kind of like us if you see someone broken down on the side of the road, you're supposed to stop and help the person that's broken down on the side of the road. That would be how that particular law would translate to us. Um, Our beast of burden are mechanical nowadays instead of the animals, but it's the same principle uh, if we were to apply this law directly to us today. And again, if we go back to Exodus chapter 23, this exact same law was applied to enemies as well as to brothers. Exodus 23, verse number 5, If thou see the ass of him that hateth thee, lying under his burden, and wouldst forbear to help him, thou shalt surely help with him. So you see someone that hates you, he's your enemy, and his beast of burden has fallen down and is struggling. He's trying to get back the the beast back up and get on his road or get on his way, continue down the road. And you can't just sit back and say, Ha, serves you right. The the Jews were commanded, even if he hates you, even if he's your enemy, you go and do good to him. Okay, so that's the Old Testament law. Regardless of whether you like someone or not, if you find something that is theirs, you're supposed to return it to them. And if you see them uh, in distress from uh, their beast of burden, struggling with a load or falling down, then you're supposed to go help them. All right, now let's apply that in the New Testament. And Christians are actually commanded to do good to all men, regardless of whether we like them or not, just like the Jews were commanded to do so in the Old Testament. So let's turn to 1 Thessalonians 5.15, and there are about a dozen passages we could turn to in the New Testament that teach this exact same principle, but we're just going to look at two for sake of time, but 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 15. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Okay, so this parallels very closely the Old Testament command. uh, You're not supposed to render evil for evil. So you see a man who's your enemy and his beast of burden has fallen down. You're not supposed to render evil to him by laughing at him, mocking him, and not helping him. But instead you're to do good to him. And again it says here, both among yourselves and to all men. It encompasses both of those commandments in the Old Testament where you're supposed to do this for your brother and then also do it for your enemies. We see the same thing Presented in the New Testament Then let's go to Romans chapter 12 Romans 12 and verse 17 Again we see Recompense to no man evil for evil Provide things honest In the sight of all men So that provide things honest Would fall very closely with returning an item that you found uh, that belonged to someone else. Verse 18, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And again, it's the same principle. Whether you like the person or you don't like the person, doesn't matter. When you have the opportunity to do good to someone, you're supposed to do that. That's the command we see all throughout the New Testament for Christians. So this command about returning lost items and helping the overburdened animals that have fallen, all that applies to Christians in principle because it's repeated in the New Testament uh, in principle. Now, of course, helping animals of burden doesn't really apply to us today because you know, we don't use beast of burden, we use mechanical items. But again, the principle applies of doing good to all men regardless of whether we like them or not. So that's that one. Let's move on to another one, and then we'll come back to one that's very similar to that one. So the next one, in the, the order of the Sefer HaMitzvah, has it in. Is rebuking a brother who sins. Let's turn to Leviticus chapter 19. We'll look at the Old Testament command. (coughs) Leviticus 19 and verse 17. It's a very interesting verse. It's thrown right in the middle of a, a list of other laws. Thou shalt not hate thy brother In thine heart Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor And not suffer sin Upon him And so here we have the command That the Jews were to Love their neighbors And not, or sorry, the Jews were to Rebuke, I was reading the wrong thing in my notes The Jews were commanded to rebuke Any brother that they saw sinning Now this was not For people who were not Jews Outside of Israel and, and Foreign nations. This was to other Jews. If they saw another Jew committing a sin, they were commanded to rebuke him. And that rebuke was not seen as something hateful, it was seen as something loving. It was to love your brother, was to rebuke him when he was doing something wrong. If you did not rebuke him when he was doing something wrong, that was an act of hatred to not rebuke him. The reason being is because if he committed sin, he's going to be punished by God so he's facing the potential of a a very uh, disastrous result. And if you love him, you don't want him to have that end result of the the punishment from God. And so you rebuke him in order to prevent him from suffering uh, later on. And so that's... Yep, thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. So you don't hate him, but instead rebuke him. And don't suffer sin upon him. So suffer sin upon him is allowing him to be in, uh, involved in sin. shan't mean do or, or not Hmm? The thou shalt, that means do. So thou shalt not would be the don't. And then thou shalt uh, to, is to your, you are to rebuke your neighbor. Uh, so So they're commanded to rebuke their neighbors uh, and do that because they love them. So that's the Old Testament command. And then let's go to the New Testament application. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12 first. Back near where we were. (laughs) Just read this verse, but we're going to read it again. Christians are given the exact same command as well, I'm sorry, I am in the wrong. Path. I just keep jumping down to the wrong section of my notes. We need to be in Matthew chapter 18. Sorry, Matthew chapter 18. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, so Christians are given the exact same command as far as rebuking brothers who sin multiple places throughout the New Testament. Uh, one of the first ones is here in Matthew chapter 18, verse number 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Now this one in particular is talking about personal sins against you. And if someone has sinned personally against you, you're to go uh, tell him of that sin, rebuke him for the sin, and then He'll repent, hopefully, and uh, you're able to to salvage that relationship. Uh, but let's, let's look also at Luke 17. Luke 17 and verse number 3. <clears throat> and here we see basically the same thing that we saw in Matthew. Take heed to yourselves, if thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him and if he repent forgive him and so here we have again if he trespasses against you it's a personal sin against you you're to rebuke him and then if he repents you are to forgive him and that salvages the relationship restores that relationship uh, back to where it's supposed to be and then let's go to Galatians chapter 6 this one applies generally not just in personal sins against you but just sins in general, if you see a brother uh, taken in sin in general. So Galatians chapter 6, verse number 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And so here we see if a, a brother has been overtaken in a fault, so if he's committing sin, he's involved in in something that he should not be involved in, then
1: those that are not
0: involved in that same sin are to go and correct him, rebuke him, show him that what he's doing is wrong, and then lovingly bring him back to doing what is right. It's supposed to be done in the spirit of meekness, meaning that you're not overbearing, telling him you're, you're a wicked, vile person, how dare you do this, but more loving as a brother saying, hey, I know you want to do it. I know it's tempting, it's hard to resist, but consider the end and come on back and we'll help you get the job done and and do what's right. So in meekness, rebuke the the brother that is doing wrong and bring him back to doing what is right. And then one final verse that we'll look at, Titus chapter 2 and verse 15. Titus chapter 2. Verse number 15, and we could look at other, many other places. We've got uh, where Paul was talking about rebuking Peter before all because uh, Peter was uh, not willing to eat with the Gentiles when other Jews were present, so Paul uh, stood up against him and, and rebuked him publicly. We can look at the command that Paul gave to Timothy, that elders that sin rebuke before all that others may learn. Many times throughout Scripture in the New Testament, we're commanded to rebuke those who are brothers who are doing sin. All right, so Titus 2 and verse 15 is another one. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. So again, a command to rebuke those that are living in sin. So we see here the Old Testament command to rebuke the brothers who sinned is applied 100% in the New Testament also, and that we as Christians, even though we're Gentiles, we're still supposed to follow that same command of rebuking brothers who sin. Of course, now the family is different. Back then the family was the Jews. Uh, this time the family is all believers, Jews and Gentiles, uh, put together. All right, any comments or questions on those two before you move down to the next one? Mm-hmm. All right, well let's go on to the next one, and this is the one that I wrote that article about. See, so, yeah. so it's only a third of the class that you could have missed out on. All right, seeking love and not vengeance is the the next one. goes very uh, goes right along with what we were talking about in the first one uh, about restoring lost items that you find, whether it's to your your brother or to your enemy, and helping. With uh, the beast of burden falling down Whether it's your brother or your enemy This goes right along with that uh, In that the Jews were commanded To love their neighbors and not seek vengeance against them So let's start in Leviticus chapter 19 and verse number 18 As you're turning there if you remember uh, In the New Testament there's the account of The lawyer coming to Jesus And saying what must I do to, to inherit eternal life And Jesus says you know what do the commandments say? And um, he mentioned several of the commandments, and uh, this was this was one of them mentioned there. There's another passage in. in uh, they came to Jesus and asked him, "What is the greatest commandment?" And this commandment again is referenced there, and then there's multiple times throughout the New Testament where this commandment is mentioned. Many people see those references to this particular commandment, and they recognize it as a New Testament commandment. very few people recognize this as an Old Testament commandment. I have had numerous discussions with people, Christians, who say that this was a new commandment that was given in the New Testament. This is the commandment that Christians are to follow, and we're not to follow those mean old Old Testament commandments that didn't have anything to do with love. We're supposed to follow the New Testament commandment of love, which is quoted, or which is mentioned in the New Testament, and they quote one of the New Testament passages, that is quoting this passage in Leviticus 19 not realizing that they're quoting a passage quoting another passage all right but in Leviticus chapter 19 verse number 18 we see thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself I am the Lord and so this is the second greatest commandment as, as Jesus gave the, the two that were greatest thou shalt love the Lord thy God and the second one thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself and as a direct quote from Leviticus 19 and verse number 18 and so the Jews were commanded you don't seek vengeance you let God handle vengeance but instead you're to love your neighbor as if he was yourself okay and then let's look in the New Testament we have the exact same command now we'll turn back to Romans chapter 12 and verse 19 the command in the New Testament is given in two different parts First, you have the command not to seek vengeance. We're only going to look at one example of that in Romans 12 and verse number 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place under wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Okay, and so that's the New Testament command: Not to seek vengeance, but vengeance belongs to God. And even that statement, vengeance is mine, I will repay, that is a quote from another passage in the Old Testament, another part of the law. So Christians are commanded not to seek vengeance. We're also commanded to love our neighbors. Turn just over to the next chapter of Romans 13, verse number 9. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment. It is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then verse 10 Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And so that's what Paul is saying that we are supposed to do here. We go back up to verse number 8 O, no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. And so Paul is saying that in here in Romans, his letter to the Romans that they are to fulfill this part of the law. Even though Christ paid the penalty for the law, we are still commanded to fulfill this part of the law. That part is to love our neighbors as ourselves. That encompasses a huge area of the law. Because you see here, it says, Thou shalt not uh, commit adultery. That's encompassed in loving your neighbor as yourself. Thou shalt not kill, that's part of loving your neighbor as yourself. Thou shalt not steal, again, that's part of loving your neighbor as yourself. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. All those are part of the command to love your neighbor as yourselves, and we are still bound by that command to love our neighbors as ourselves, even under the New Testament. And then it says, and if there be any other commandment, and so Paul basically lumps just about the entire law all underneath this uh, one thing of thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, which makes sense because Jesus lumped the entire law under two commandments the First one being thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart or soul and with all thy mind, and then he said the second one was to love thy neighbor as thyself <clears throat> And after Christ said that he said on these two hang all the law and the prophets And so everything is encompassed underneath those two So you hear people say that in the New Testament we had the law of love. In the Old Testament we had all these numerous laws that the Jews were supposed to keep in the New Testament. All that's done away with, and we just have the law of love. Love God and love your neighbor. Well, the the law of love your neighbor encompasses a huge portion of the entire Old Testament law. And the fact that we are still under the law to love our neighbor means that we are still bound to do other portions of the Old Testament law as well, including not committing adultery, not killing, not stealing, not bearing false witness, and not coveting, and then many others as well. Okay, let's go also to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5 and verse 14, we see basically the same thing, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And then let's go to James chapter 2 and verse number 8. My son just finished memorizing the book of James. Chapter 2 is a very important chapter in the book. Verse number 8 says if ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself ye do well. And then he goes on to condemn them if they do not follow that. James calls it the royal law according to the scripture. We call it the golden rule. But uh, the Christians of this time period called it the royal law. It doesn't say if you fulfill the royal law as if he's saying, hey, look, here's a name that we can give this. This is the royal law. He says it as if that's a familiar name already to them. Uh, So they were already calling it that, uh, even in the first century. And we just changed it over time to the golden rule instead of the royal law. Okay, so this command, love your neighbor as yourself, it does have direct application to us in New Testament times as Gentiles. <clears throat> now, the, uh, the blog post that I wrote that I was mentioning earlier uh, was about Christ's statement back in Matthew chapter 5. Let's turn there. We've got just a few minutes. And I want to point out something about the Sermon on the Mount. Verse number 38 of Matthew chapter 5, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, That ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if a man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor, and hate thine enemy. I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you, do good to them, that hate you, and pray for them, which despitefully use you and perse- persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, sendeth the rain on the just and on the unjust, etc. And we're going to stop there. But You have the statement in verse 38, ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And then Jesus goes on and says, But I don't want you to do that way. I want you to do it in a different way. There's a lot of people that say that in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, when Jesus is giving his Sermon on the Mount, that he would take the Old Testament law and quote it, and then he would say, I don't want you to follow that law anymore. Now I want you to do this, which is something different. That's not what's going on in the Sermon on the Mount. What he's doing is he's correcting their misunderstanding of the Old Testament law. And this is a good example of that. There is an Old Testament law saying that you're supposed to have an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That law was given, we looked at it a little bit in here, that law was given to the judges. It was how the judges were to pass sentence on people that committed crimes. And so if you committed a crime and you took out someone's eye, your sentence was, you had to pay with your eye. Uh, if you committed a crime, cut off someone's hand, your sentence was, you had to lose your hand. So it was it was the sentence that the judge was passing on to the other person. They also had the option, and it, w- it was specifically mentioned, which we don't have time to look at it, but there is the option in the Old Testament to redeem the eye that was forfeited. So if you took out your neighbor's eye through some sort of crime, you're found guilty, your eye is now forfeit, and instead of paying by having your eye taken out, they had the opportunity to, to pay money right, <clears throat> to cover the cost of the eye, to redeem the eye. So basically paying the money for the uh, your neighbor's medical bills and, and things like that, paying to make up for the loss of his eye. And so that was an option that they had. But that was the a command given to the judges for sentencing. Apparently, during this time, people were taking that as an, a command allowing them to seek vengeance against their neighbors. He took out my eye. I want his eye. He took out my tooth. I want his tooth. He, you know, he lost, I lost my hand because of him. I want him to suffer and lose his hand. And Jesus was saying, no, don't do that. That was a command for the judges to follow, not for you. As individuals, you're not to resist the evil by seeking vengeance, but instead you're to turn the other cheek. You're to love the person. You're to treat him good, return good for evil, and overcome evil with good, which is exactly what we see is taught here in the Old Testament and in the New Testament about uh, seeking not vengeance against your neighbor, but rather loving your neighbor as yourself. And so what Christ was doing here was, correcting a misunderstanding that they had about the law. And he wasn't saying, this is what the law used to say, and now I'm changing it to something new. Uh, and if you, if you notice, not only does this refer back to uh, Leviticus 19:18 with loving your neighbor as yourself, uh, but uh, verse number 30 is a direct reference to a passage in Lamentations about um, allowing someone to smite you on the cheek and not retaliating. And, a good man doing that. And I've got the references in the, the blog post. You can read it if you want to. But, um, verse number 42 should be familiar to you. Give to him that asketh thee and from him that would borrow of thee return not thou away. Remember, it was a command in the Old Testament that the Jews had to lend to any other Jew that asked them for something. You could not turn away. and say, If you had the object that they needed you to, to loan to them, you couldn't turn away and say, no, I'm not going to loan it to you. You also couldn't say, um, I'm not going to give you a loan to help you out of your debt because the year of Jubilee is just around the corner. So you, know, you can just suffer for a year or two and, and then you'll be okay. You know, couldn't do that. They had to give to anyone that asked them. And that's what Jesus is quoting here in verse 42. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow thee, turn not thou away, is exactly what was taught in the Old Testament. And so he's just correcting some false ideas about the law. And turning them back to doing what the law actually taught, uh, and not not contradicting the law like many people think. anyway, that's a uh, that was free. That one actually part of the lesson. Just tacked on there at the end. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. Anyone have any comments or questions? All right. Well, let's go ahead and be dismissed with prayer. Russell, why don't you pray for us today?